Hello and welcome to the Raz Ashraf podcast. I'm Steve Prentice, longtime friend and colleague of Raz. We had intended for Raz to release a podcast this year anyway, but we had no idea that the world would change so quickly and so profoundly. So we're releasing the first two episodes pretty much back to back. Raz has been very busy recently working with companies and teams on how to maintain a powerful presence when attending meetings and presentations by video conference, which is, of course, what everybody is doing right now. So our purpose today on this podcast is to share some tips and strategies to help you project leadership presence and confidence when you are hosting the live meetings from your home. So hi, Raz. Hi, Steve. You know, it's so coincidental. I just had some conference calls from Dubai and Greece and the UK, all who expressed challenges in how they now need to communicate with their teams. Obviously, people are suddenly finding themselves working from home for maybe the first time ever. And though most of us are used to returning emails from home, it's quite something else to do it like this. It could be somewhat of a challenge to be a great leader, a manager, or a team member when everyone is so physically isolated. It really is so different from just showing up at a meeting or boardroom. There's so much more to it than just even connecting to Zoom or to Google or whatever system you're using. There's so much more to it. So what are the most important things that people should pay attention to when they are hosting or attending a video meeting? I would say everything. But first, let me expand on what you said a few seconds ago. We have to decide to release the first two podcast episodes back to back because I feel they're both so important and they complement each other. This one covers some of the technical things you need to know about conducting meetings remotely. And the second is about executive screen presence, which anyone can have regardless of your title. I believe it's so important to realize that you can do this professionally. I've been running my company through virtual offices, I would say probably for about 20 years. At the moment, people are just getting used to the concept of how to work through a video connection or a phone conference. But you can bridge these distances between people when you're talking, whether it's one-on-one or holding group meetings. It's just another technique for demonstrating your personal brand and executive presence. The technology we have today is so much better than it was a few years ago, especially video. And that's something that every leader needs to take full advantage of. Live video conversation is not the same, though, as sending an email. It's your whole self, your face, your image, your words, and your gestures. Okay, so let's dig a little deeper. Uh, What should people think about if they want to ensure their use of technology supports a commanding virtual presence? It always starts with the eyes. So in real life, people naturally make eye contact. But even then, when you want to really have presence, you have to be aware of the right amount of eye contact. So the same thing applies here. But when you're speaking through a video camera, there's a problem. Even if you can see all the people in the meeting on your screen, they are not where the camera is. Your camera is going to be at the top edge of your laptop screen. This means that to look directly at your audience, you have to stare at the camera lens and not at the images of the people on your screen. That takes so much practice. I know that it really feels so unnatural initially. I was coaching someone yesterday to become more comfortable looking at the eye of the camera, especially since she has a virtual job interview on Friday. It was so challenging for her. I told her to put a picture of a happy face to remind her to look at the camera. 
In addition to looking into the lens of the camera when you're speaking, equally important, you have to do this when you're listening to other people speak. That is also challenging because you always want to look down at the screen to show your listeners that you're paying attention. We just have to be intentional and make sure that we are engaging the audience. Sometimes I personally even get distracted that I look at myself. Okay, so yes, it's a distracting thing, but basically then you, you have to focus in on that camera and not on the people. I get it. Okay. Yes, listening is not an invisible action. Even in real life, it's important to practice active listening. You nod, you maintain eye contact, use your body language to show the other person that you're engaged in what they're saying. You never want to look bored or distracted. It's a same on video. Even when you're hearing someone speak through your earphones, you have to show that you're listening by looking into the camera, nodding, smiling, basically using your silent visual body language to let them know that they're connecting with you. Yeah, and something that happens to me all the time, I know that like when I'm in a serious mindset, um, I can appear intense or unhappy or angry on camera. So I guess also it's important to be aware of what your face is unintentionally telling people even when you're sitting there listening, right? Absolutely. I've had to learn how to appear more approachable because when I listen, I can look really serious. That in the past, some workshop attendees have described me as being the ice queen or Count Dracula's bride, if you could believe that. I was so devastated. I've had to learn to open my mouth ever so slightly, you know, and Steve, just smile a little bit, not a fake one, but I had to look approachable. Getting back to the camera, it's a good idea to position the camera up to your eye level so you're looking horizontally across at the camera, just like you would with real people in the boardroom. Use a box or some books or something to raise your laptop up off the table. If you look down at the camera, everyone's going to be looking at your nose and counting your chins. No one needs that, and for sure not myself. Nope, no, that's that <laughs> doesn't look very good. That's not great. Okay, so all right, so so sitting upright too, I guess as well. And and I know that a lot of cameras have a little bit of a fisheye lens, like a wide-angle lens. So I guess you've got to sort of sit up and not be too close to the camera, just sort of a comfortable distance. What about if people are just real self-conscious? Some people aren't used to being on camera. It's like hearing your voice for the first time and saying, my gosh, did I sound like that? That is so true. So many people, when they see their own image in the corner of the screen, they spend too much time looking at themselves, adjusting their hair and everything. This is distracting for everyone and sends a message that you're not really paying attention to other people. It's all about you. If you want to know what you look like before you go on screen, use your phone as if you're taking a selfie. Make your adjustments that way before you're on camera. Just think how it would look if you were sitting at a boardroom table and someone took out a mirror and a hairbrush and, and started grooming themselves in the meeting. You know, <laughs> this is the same thing in a video meeting. You're on all the time. Unless you choose to disconnect from the camera, that's the other option. Yeah, right. So you just do a camera mute. But I mean, there's, there's so much great uh, connection that happens when you can see each other face to face. So, okay, so we're there. We've got the camera on. What next? What else do we need to know about making this work correctly? Video meetings can run well or they can be chaos. Your job as a leader is to avoid that chaos and give people an event that's going to be worthwhile and productive. So in the real world, people tend to know what time a meeting is, where it is. In the virtual world, it is not the same. They may not be familiar with how video conferencing like Zoom works or even how to log on or how to know if anyone can see them. Leadership starts by giving people a clear understanding of how the meeting should go. Imagine you're a conductor of an orchestra. 
You need to prepare your people to know what to expect, topics, timelines, who's going to present, etc. You can easily do this through an email in advance. And I always suggest tell people to log on 15 minutes before the meeting starts in case the computer needs to download a plugin to make software work. You may want to remind them to work in a well-lit location. We'll talk more about that later. You can also seek advice from those who are already conducting virtual meetings that are amazing and ask them to share their best practices with you for better engagement. And you're going to want to orchestrate how to begin a meeting by pulling everybody in at the same time. Think about icebreakers or topics that people can contribute to before you actually officially begin the meeting. Share how you want them to communicate. They need to know how to talk, especially when there's so many people in meetings these days. This is a visual medium. So if someone wants to say something, all they would need to do is to raise their hand, literally. That's one opportunity. Perhaps even assigning a timekeeper to make sure everyone has a chance to speak because we know there are always those people that like to take over a meeting. You want to also show them how they could pass notes without interrupting the speaker by using the chat feature of the meeting technology or offline texting on your phone. These are all tips on how to work on video. But what's most important here is that you as a leader are setting the stage. You are guiding people into a scenario they're probably not very comfortable with by using advanced planning. So what if I'm in your meeting from my home and my internet connection goes down? What do I do then? <laughs> That's probably going to happen. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Two things people should know. The first precaution is to have a backup channel. You should give everyone at the meeting your cell phone number so they can text you from their phone and tell you that their home internet is down. This will help remove the uncertainty when everyone wonders where someone went. And of course, the second is in the event that your technology fails, and I am so sure it will at some point, how to steer the meeting around your absence. Can we continue on the same topic? Should we move on to the next one? Who could replace you? You want to have that already established. All of these things are specific to meetings, but this is all part of leadership presence. It's really important right now that the people you work with know that you have things pretty much under control. Since meetings by video is going to be a big part of things for a while, this is going to be one of your most direct channels to demonstrate your confidence, your leadership, and your commitment to bringing the teams together as one. And don't forget also, people will be a lot more distracted than usual. If they're working from home, they might have family and pets nearby, kids, partners, dogs, cats. And it's good to show patience that people leap up away from the screen for a moment. And it's also really good to make sure everyone knows where the mute button is. Very, very important. While being on mute, um, your people could still use a chat feature and type their answers in. This is a time, by the way, where we have to show empathy and sensitivity, even when we don't always have control. Most children don't understand the importance of your calls, so I recommend that you take more frequent but shorter breaks just to allow for unexpected parenting issues. It also might be a great idea to reschedule meetings more strategically when distractions can be eliminated or at 
best minimized. I would not recommend hosting a meeting late in the day that could encroach into dinner time and family demands. Yeah, it's so many challenges. I mean, mute is a great thing, but it's also very important to remember to unmute when you're ready. Oh, yes. That's so funny when people launch into a great idea. Have you ever <laughs> seen that? And nobody could hear them. You know what I do? I always have a written sign in the Sharpie letter saying, you're on mute. And this works so much better. It usually gets a big laugh. And I have another suggestion, by the way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Think about getting a wireless Bluetooth headset. Everyone who goes on a teleconference thinks they need to sit really close to the screen because that's where the computer mic is. But if you want to show great presence, you want to go back to using body language. If you have a wireless headset, you can stand up, use your arms and your posture. Maybe you could use a whiteboard or even an easel to take notes. This really rehumanizes the experience. People will be able to hear you just as well, but they will get a much greater sense of your presence. I always say when you stand, you own the room. This gives you the freedom to move and it gives you the mental freedom to focus on your message and your presence. Even if you're sitting down, a headset sounds better than your computer microphone and is likely a more consistent sound. So it looks like technology is now becoming our main and only connection point at this time. Yes, Steve. And that's something people have to get used to. Even when the peak of this terrible outbreak has passed, and it will, it's likely we will be changing some of the habits forever. Shaking hands, for example, for all of our lives. I know I've always loved shaking hands with people. I always say that a first impression starts with a handshake. It's been a symbol of trust and goodwill. But now, could you imagine Dressing out your hand to touch someone, it's going to be interpreted the same way as if you came at them with a used syringe. (laughs) Terrible. So people need to get used to presenting themselves in a new way. Some people like to touch feet. Others are using the namaste gesture, like two hands and prayer. Others are doing a small bow. If you're going to use a hand gesture like namaste or a, a bow, start doing it in the video presentations too. Wouldn't that be cool? Mm, I love that. That's a great way of bringing people together as well as a bit of a novelty perhaps for them. That's a nice icebreaker right there. So Steve, given your experience conducting remote meetings with your Fortune 500 companies, I'd love to hear you talk about documents. In a boardroom meeting, you might have handouts and maybe a meeting agenda. What about collaborating on documents together? Well, I believe that uh, many people are already used to receiving meeting agendas by mail, so that's not so much of a problem, but working together in real time is something new and different. I mean, you can do it visually in old school if you're if the technology is too much of a, of a big change for you right now. You can do it old school with like a flip chart or a whiteboard just in the background of your camera. Uh, I call this the fun with flags approach. If you've ever seen um, Sheldon Cooper on, on the Big Bang Theory, he just had a, a whiteboard back there. Um, there's nothing wrong with doing that in these early days. I mean, as long as the, the Sharpie marker or the dry erase marker is visible enough, it gets the message across visually. And that's what people are really looking for. It's low tech, but it's immediate and it's useful. And people can take a screenshot or a picture from wherever they are. But if you really want to get more sophisticated, you can do document sharing. There's a whole bunch of online document sharing tools like Google Docs, for example 
example, uh, Dropbox Paper, Microsoft Teams, Cisco WebEx, they all have collaboration spaces that allow you to do this, to share documents. And this allows people to work on the same document from wherever they are at the same time. Just like if they were coming up to a whiteboard and writing you know, side by side on the whiteboard. Not only is it a very good way of communicating, but it's a really great way of building team dynamics. People feel they're part of something at the same time. And that's a really big thing as well. So there's lots of whiteboard features in things like Zoom and WebEx. Uh, They're there to be used to experiment with, but it's, again, a much better way of collaborating and bringing people together, even though they're physically further apart. But there's another reason why I like to focus on the document side of this whole thing is because we're doing this right now because we're all forced to work from home or work somewhere safe and far away. But once all this settles down, this will still be central to work. You're going to see, I think, a lot more people opting to do this anyway because they recognize the savings in time and fuel by not having to travel. So it's not just a Band-Aid solution for right now. This is honestly the future of work and collaboration. So everyone is actually learning some new skills. It's a bit of a silver lining from this event right now. So as a leader of a meeting, this is a double value. You're getting people to be productive in the meetings right now, but you're also giving them the skills to perfect a virtual presence moving forward as well. Steve, I am so in agreement with you. I said at the beginning, I've been running my business at a virtual office for over 20 years, and I've seen so many changes, but it's becoming more popular overall. And I think this whole outbreak is going to drive it forward in a big way. Knowing how to use these technologies comfortably and confidently will certainly showcase your leadership. And I have to believe that people will appreciate your expertise in running efficient meetings. I think that we'll have less patience for meetings that waste time. Yeah, we're going to discover that. Many of us have been speaking about this for years, how much time is wasted in meetings. Now people are seeing this. So, hey, we're forced into it, but we're getting to see it. But I do want to add one more thing from a technical side as well, which is really important. It's really easy for people to fall prey to cybercrime during this time because, again, people are sending you links to join meetings. Uh, Everyone is a little bit confused. They don't know exactly what to do. They're relying on whatever they get from their colleagues. But As always, it's really important to second guess every link and every attachment that comes your way. I mean, if you weren't expecting an invitation to a meeting, then don't click on it. Go and confirm with the people involved and ask them directly through email or text some other channel. Because cyber criminals take advantage of this kind of thing. And clicking on one link that brings in malware and ransomware into your system is going to cause great chaos. So take extra care to avoid cybercrime at this time of confusion and newness. Doesn't mean sacrificing the benefit of this technology, but again, just watch out and make sure everything you do is safe and proper. Now, back to virtual presence. Is there anything else that people should know about reinforcing a leadership presence while they're working from home? It's a very interesting question. I'm going to relate to clothing as being very important for two reasons. First, it's part of your brand, and there's also some technical things to think about. Personally, I dress for work even when I'm delivering a virtual training workshop without a webcam. I know some people think this is crazy, but it puts me more into a business mode, and I believe I'm more productive rather than staying in my PJs and slippers. Of course, everyone is different, and I believe structure and discipline go hand in hand preparing for my day. So when you're meeting with people online, what message do you want to put across? Yeah, I see that. But I could also argue that I'm at home right now, I'm comfortable, and these are not normal times. So maybe I want to stay comfortable in my home clothes. And yes, of course you can, and some will. 
So this will be everybody's choice. There are no rules. But funny enough, I was caught off guard on Monday when a client sent me a Zoom link and wanted to see me live. Fortunately, I was dressed appropriately, but it made me aware that I have to be mindful of my clothing choices and the image I want to project. Yeah, I guess so. I guess because we cannot tell when the next call might be coming in, yeah, maybe I will dress up with the camera or just be ready to do so really fast because uh, things do move pretty quickly. Steve, if you're going to be sitting down for the video meeting, you're more likely to project a professional demeanor when you are intentional about the choice of clothing you choose. You can keep your jammies on from the waist down if that works for you. I coach newscasters to dress with the confidence to project the best impressions for their listeners, regardless of the fact that their audience will never see their attire. Research has proven from a psychological perspective that when you dress up for a conference call with customers, you're more likely to project a professional and authoritative presence in your communication style as a result of what you're wearing. So, so much of this is psychological. Yeah, that is interesting. So, okay, so I'm going to think twice about doing that for, for the way it's going to make me present. Is there anything I need to know about the, the technical side of clothing in terms of what things I should or should not wear on camera? I would say to try to stay away from stripes because they might create a visual interference patterns on the screen. The same might be for jewelry that might be flashy, reflective, or distracting, or even making noise. And while we're talking about visuals, be aware of what's in your background. Are there going to be kids or dogs running around? And if you're in your office or dining room, what will people be able to see? It's interesting. I was, again, talking to this woman who has a job interview on Friday, and it's going to be a virtual interview. I said to her, do you realize you have like a lot of newspapers and I don't know what it is, mail? It looks like you've had the mail for the last several months behind you. And she could not see it even in her camera. I said, take a picture. Or I, I actually took a picture for her from my, my phone. I said, do you see this? And she says, I didn't even know it was visible. So that's really, really important. You know, some people are starting to use also virtual backgrounds with green screens. If so, make sure not to wear any green or you're going to become part of your own background. So overall, then, I guess it is it is possible to support your brand as a leader, even when you are doing it through these technologies. Of course. And you could deliver an equally powerful message through video technology as you can in person. The only thing that's different in the real world is that there's nothing standing between you and the tools you use to reinforce your presence, like your posture, the way you speak, the texture of your voice, your ability to make eye contact, powerful body language, and of course, be concise in your verbal messaging. You could do all of these things on video, but you just have to know how the technology works. And that's something you could pick up very easily, just with a little bit of hands-on practice. Your confidence and capability can come through equally well once you've set up the technology. So we've covered a, a lot of different topics here on this podcast episode, our first podcast episode. So how can people find out more? Thanks for asking, Steve. I've prepared a live online course where you go through these topics in a lot more detail, the preparation, the technology, the delivery that you need to project your executive presence and powerful leadership presence. It's something I'm very proud of. Not only will people learn a lot, they'll be able to use the technology as they learn. You could find out more about these sessions on my website at asheroff.com. 
And are these for the public or for companies? I've designed them for both. We've dedicated corporate sessions that talk about the exact technologies they're using, like Microsoft Teams, Zoom, Adobe Connect, Cisco, and what happens when different departments are using multiple platforms. And then we have open sessions for individuals who are self-motivated to sign up. So obviously, we want to keep this conversation going. So where can people find you and find out more about you? All my information is available at asheroff.com, Instagram, and also on LinkedIn. Listeners can email contact us at asheroff.com as well. If you're interested in customized virtual training and executive presence, communication leadership, conducting compelling meetings, coaching or remote team building, please reach out to Kathy with a C at Kathy at Asheroff.com. She would be delighted to set up a call. Wow. Okay. Well, let's close up this episode. This has been the Ross Asheroff podcast with Ross and myself, Steve Prentice. So if you have any comments or suggestions regarding this episode, please let us know by dropping a line on the website, LinkedIn or Instagram. And if you like what you hear, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Ross, last word is yours. Thank you so much, Steve. And until next time, I'm Roz Ashraf. And thank you for the courtesy of listening. And please stay safe.